0: But yeah, I'll just I'll hand it over to you at this moment, brother.
1: Okay, can you hear me? I'm trying to figure this out because hopefully that works. All right. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, turn your Bibles to the Second uh, Samuel, and we're going to start at chapter chapter nine. And uh, while you do that, <clears throat> I'm going to pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I cut off any Spirit that hinders the eye from seeing and the ear from hearing, Father, I come against every spirit that will try to insinuate itself into a situation. Father, I cut off every evil, wicked spirit that will come to stop the heart from believing and the heart from hearing and seeing Your word. Father, I cut off every spirit. Father, and I prophesy that the people that hear and that are in this meeting will be able to hear and see Your word and understand it fully. And that they will be receive of you, Lord, your word that you have given to me, Father. And I just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, uh, I didn't. Did I tell y'all what chapter? I said uh, second chapter uh, nine. Okay. Um, forgive me, cause I have it rigged up in my basement. Everything else got taken. okay and it says uh and david said is there yet anyone left uh verse one of the house of saul that i may show him kindness for jonathan's sake and there was of the house of saul a servant whose name was ziba and when they called him unto david the king said unto him art thou ziba and he said thy servant is he." And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness of God, the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Makir the son of Amiel in Lodabar. The king said, Then king David sent and stretched him out of the house of Makir unto the son of of Amiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will show thee the kindness for Jonathan's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shalt looketh upon me such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. And thou shalt bring in his in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Zeba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servants, so shall thy servant do. As for saith Mephibosheth said the king he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons and Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah And and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet now there's a lot that I have to go over we're going to be going, progressing through the scriptures, but I want to kind of take a a back step so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. Cause I guarantee you, you have not heard this before. <laughs> and I mean that. And, and I say that with all humility because people have jacked this scripture up. That's the easiest way I can put it. They have jacked it up and they've made this a evangelism scripture. They've made it a, Scripture that it's not because when you look scripture must interpret scripture with that being said i want to you know david at this time he had just begun to progress in the kingdom he began to conquer all everything every battle he had came up to he conquered every situation he faced he conquered um and he he gets to a point in his life where now he wants to honor Saul. He wants to bring, he wants to show the kindness of God to someone from the house of Saul. Now, if in the, in the, and I believe it's the 18th chapter. Wait, I'm going to find it real quick. I'm sorry. It's the 16th chapter of first Samuel. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long would thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? God had rejected Saul from being king. From that moment, once he rejected Saul from being king, he rejected his lineage from reigning in the kingdom. Even though Ishbosheth, which was one of his sons, that never went to um war when Sam, Saul and his children, all the children that went with him died. He only reigned for two years. And that's when David began to uh, reign and, and take his kingdom and progress David's kingdom from the household of Judah. It was no longer the lineage of, of Saul, no longer from the lineage of Benjamin. Judah prevailed. So with that being said, David conquered david was a man of prayer david was a man as we know the scripture says after god's own heart what does that mean that means he was a man who was quick to repent and quick to uh seek god's faith and seek god's wisdom and 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 inquire of him but here we see even though saul tried to kill him saul tried to attack him he tried to take his life David wanted to honor Saul because Saul was a man anointed of God to be king. That's why any time he ever had a chance to take Saul out, he said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. But once God rejected Saul, even after God rejected Saul, he still kept that. That's when he said, no, I won't touch the Lord's anointed because he rightfully was still king. He was rightfully still in the position of king, which God anointed. So he was, even though the spirit had left Saul, he was still a person who was in the right uh, kingship. So you couldn't couldn't refute what the king said. Why? Because he was still in that seat. And once a person is in that seat of authority, even though the spirit of God had left him, he still holds a, a rightful position, not one who claimed it, but one who was actually in the rightful position. So therefore, um, I'm going to do a lot of talking, so forgive me, um, because I'm trying to get y'all to see what's taking place. So even though he was in a right seat, and that's why um, if you go forward to Jesus' day, he said the people that sit in Moses' seat do as they tell you, but don't do as they do. Why? Because they still had a position that was a legal authority at that time, being the seat of Moses It was the seat of authority It was the seat that, that that gave You know the law It was supposed to rightly give the law And so forth And even though they weren't doing it at that time They still held that seat in position of authority um, Until someone else sat in that seat And so forth So with that being said Now we see that Saul um, David wanted to bless the house of Saul He wanted to show them the kindness of God and I'm reiterating these things just so it can uh get into your head and understand what David has done. So if you if you see Yeah, I'm a, I'm going to go forward but then I'm a, I'm a still have to jump back and there's a reason for that. So if you look at verse 10, we're not going to read the whole thing. But I want you to see certain. The first verse of verse 10 says, And it came to pass after this that the king of the children of Ammon died, and Honon his son reigned in his stead.
0: So then David
1: said, I will show kindness unto Hunan, Hanan, the son of Nahash, and his father showed kindness, as his father showed kindness unto me. And David said to comfort him by the hand of his servants for his father. So Long story short, because like I said, there will be a lot to read. And so I'm going to break it down after that. The people shaved off half their beards and they opened the, the rear to show their buttocks. They embarrassed the people of David. Why? Because the king, the son of the king that showed kindness to David was insecure. And so the kindness that David was showing to him, he couldn't understand it because he was an insecure person. And so he said, oh, he's coming to try to take my kingdom. Insecurity is the same thing that Saul was. Saul was an insecure king. From the moment that he became king, he was found amongst the stuff, the, the donkey's stuff. And they had to look for Saul. The first big battle that Saul ever faced what happened he was he was nowhere to be found. he was among the people instead of leading the people into battle as a man of, of, of the of God should do he was nowhere to be found. he was an insecure king and it took a man who was bold in the spirit and in and, in and, and faith in God to destroy the the giant Goliath which was David. So we see that the king then goes, he says he, he understood that he stank before David. And so he went out to battle. He went to fight against David. And these are the people of Ammon. The people of Ammon is Lot's generation, which comes from Moab and Ammon, which is the people of, of incest. They're the people of fornication. They're the people who, who come from a lineage of, of, of a cursed people. And they hired the Syrians. Now, if you see in the chapter prior, which is in verse 8, he had defeated the Syrians. In the Syrians, matter of fact, it says, verse uh, verse eight, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 6, and the Lord preserved David, or, or I'm sorry, verse 6, it says, and the Syrians became servants to David and brought gifts, and the Lord preserved David wherever he went. So now we see rebellion coming because of insecurity, and insecurity is attacking the kingdom of David. And so David has to go out to fight. And then, and 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 when they did, they won the battle. And it says, so the Assyrians fear, feared to help the children of Ammon anymore. So now we see that we have insecurity and fornication attacking a man of God who is already been a conqueror and everything that he's faced he's never lost a battle he's never he's never um he, he, he everything he's faced he won he took a lot it says he took a lion by the mane and slew it and a bear and slew it so now all of a sudden he's having all these troubles why is that because he brought the lineage of Saul into his house I'm going to show you more (laughs) <laughs> so so now i'm going to go back real quick so now why do i say that see the bible says that jonathan's son is named mephibosheth mephibosheth is not his real name that's going to surprise some of y'all greg can you go to uh first chronicles 8 chapter 34 for me and and, and so mephibosheth is not his real name the chronological name that is in order um it's going to come from you're going to see it because they took a chronicle of everybody's lineage so that way they can know who they came from where they came from and so that a person if you weren't like for instance if you were of the lineage of levite they will know why because it's going to say you were the son of such and such which is the son of such and such which is the son of such and such and that way they know okay he's a real levite then he can take uh, hold of the priesthood and become a priest And do the work of the priest Can I'm you sorry, read that for me please It's chapter 8 Verse 34 First Chronicles
0: First Chronicles chapter 8 verse 34 Reads And the son of Jonathan was Merib Baal And Merib Baal Was the father of Micah Ah
1: Meribel is his real name Marabel means I am an advocate for Baal. So he brought a cursed lineage, and when he brought an advocate for Baal, and we know Baal is an idol, and they were he was an idol worshiper to Baal. His name was I am an advocate for Baal, and we know from day one when uh, in Genesis that names are indicative to your character. So now you brought a cursed lineage into your household. You brought an advocate for bail into your household. And the first thing that happens is you have insecurity and fornication attacking your camp. <clears throat> and, it, and then and once that happens and he fought, look what happens in chapter 11. It says, and it came to pass after this. The year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him, all Israel, and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried at Jerusalem. David never went to battle. So now we see David, he, he now that insecurity and fornication has crept into his camp, he no longer wants to go out to fight, but he sends his people to go out to fight. And anywhere in, a, in in the kingdom, the king always went out to battle the fight. And that's happened all the way up even when George Washington in our day, George Washington was the president, but he went out to fight. So it was always the king went out to fight. And the first thing that happens that he when he doesn't go out to fight, he sleeps with Bathsheba. He commits adultery and sleeps with another man's wife that wasn't his. And he brought that curse into his life because of Bathsheba. And what does he do? He tries to hide the problem. He tries to fix the problem. And he says, you know what? Let's kill Uriah. He kills Uriah. Now the, the child is born and he, and he died. Why? Because of David bringing a man that was cursed into your camp. He sleeps with Bathsheba. He brings in security, fornication. He he sleeps with Bathsheba. And then he he tries to hide the fact and it and it and it backfires on him. Nathan comes, prophesies, hey, tells him to hold the whole scoop, and he said, Ah, let that man let him die. And he goes, You're the man. He goes, Oh, shoot. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. Now let me go and repent. See. David now is not being a man quick to repent because he he tried to hide the fact. See now now you're losing you're losing your footing because you brought someone into your household or should I say you're buddy-buddy with someone who's cursed. You're buddy-buddy with someone who is not a a child of God but yet they 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 they've seen they feign themselves as someone who is But on the inside, they're a ravenous wolf. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that the tribe of Benjamin? Because in Genesis chapter 49, he says, Benjamin, you are a ravenous wolf? (laughs) Oh, man, that was the father speaking to his children. The own father said, you're a ravenous wolf. And that bloodline, that word that was spoken over that bloodline followed that bloodline. Ah, man, I'm telling you, I'm going somewhere. And then I'm 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 trying to go through these as quick as possible so you can see this. And it says, and it came to pass in verse 13, chapter 13, and it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, whose name was Tamar, and Ammon, the son of David, loved her. Right there. I don't know everybody who I don't know. I'm gonna go through it. Ammon rapes Tamar, his own sister. This is David's son rapes his own sister let me go back okay so in, in in uh the curse was that the sword will never leave david's house because that's what he proclaimed on the person who said you know hey, hey you took the man's sheep so i'm gonna you know hey let the sword let him swallow the sword they live by the sword they die by the sword and he said because you said this the sword will never leave your Beautiful. house however god However, God has forgiven your sin, but the son shall die, which was the son of Bathsheba's, the first oh, son God. they had. They died. Come on, my name So now, <laughs> what is that? So now, it came oh, to pass that, I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, hold on. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Amen. I'm, I'm still, so, so Ammon rapes his sister. Ammon rapes his own sister. So now we have fornication. We have insecurity attacking the camp. Now we have uh, 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 backsliding going on. Because David didn't go out to war. Now he doesn't feel like fighting. He's going to let other people do his fighting for him. I know how that is. I don't want to pray for myself, but I'm going to call up the 1-800 prayer line so everybody can pray for me instead of me praying for myself. The things that God wants me to pray for. Amen. Whoever needs to hear that, hears it. And it came to pass after this, chapter 15 that Absalom prepared himself chariots and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had control, a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, of what city art thou? And he said, that servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, see, that matters are good and right, but there is no man deputy of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land. That every man which had suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh unto him, he did obeisance unto him, and he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that the king that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom, now David's son, is beginning to steal the kingdom, which is rightfully David's, from under his hand by deceit. Now why? <laughs> now look at this. You have fornication. You have insecurity. Now you're committing adultery. Now you're beginning. Uh, your daughter, uh, son commits adultery with your son. Uh, with uh, uh, rapes your daughter. Your son rapes your daughter, and now your son is trying to kill or trying to take your kingdom from you. By the way, Absalom is the same person that kills Ammon two years later. So now you have all of this going on in in your camp, and it all happens after he brought um, uh, Maribel into his camp. And I have to show you these things because So now David is on the run. David begins to, he takes the people and he's on the run. And this is when Ahitophel comes in with the council that used to be the counselor for uh, David. And now he's the counselor for his son Absalom because he's a sneaky man. Now all of a sudden the true roots of people in your camp are being exposed coming against you. And now you're on the run. And then uh, you have the man, if you look in chapter 16, um, verse 5, and it says, And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, (laughs) of all people, Saul's house, whose name was Shimei, and the son of Gera. he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of the king and the people and all the mighty men of war on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, for thou art a man of Belel. The the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. So we see right now, a man of Saul from the house of Saul has come to curse David. He was cursing at David. Saying swear words at him, and he was letting him know that you, all this curse is returned upon you because of the house of Saul. The blood of the the blood of the house of Saul. That means blood was slain because Saul was a cursed man. And it says, "Behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man." Now the people wanted to slay him, but David said, "Don't do it because this is of God." He said, "Because." Verse 10 Because the Lord had said unto him, curse David, talking about Shemmai who came out against him. So now we see that what's what's being realized here is that this is a curse from the house of Saul. So now David goes through and they they're fighting battles, and uh Ahithophel's counsel council gets, uh, cut off. So now we see everything happens. Absalom runs for his life. They go into battle. Absalom runs for his life. Joab kills him. He gets his head stuck in between the trees, you know, because he had that big hair, uh, Absalom, uh, Joab kills him. And then, um, you know, he, he, he gets back and he becomes King again. And now we're in verse 19 and it says, Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so then he goes, he becomes king again. He finds out Absalom dies and now he's sad and they, they're like, Hey, Joab's like, you better get your act right. Or the, I'll make sure these people leave you right now because you're more worried about a man that was trying to kill you and trying to take the kingdom from you unrighteously. So you better get your act together. David gets his act together, he pulls his face together, and he comes out and he greets the people. <clears throat> so some years go by, because this was now, don't now mind you, this was years of progression. This, this did, didn't happen in a week. And then the Bible says in chapter 21, then, now after all of this has happened, after this came to pass, and after that came to pass, and after this came to pass, it says, then there was a famine in the days of David three years, year after year. Now, you won't see this word, I promise you. You won't see this word until, you, unless you go look back all the way before David brought the, uh, the ark out. It says, David inquired of the Lord. So while all of this was going on, David never prayed. He never sought God's inquiry. He never sought God to see what was going to happen. He never sought God to say, What step should I take next? He never sought God to say, Lord, why is this happening? He never sought God. And even when he got restored back into the kingdom, it took him three years of famine. <laughs> see, because when, see, See, he's the king, so he's going to be taken care of. But when it begins to affect you, then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now I have eyes all of a sudden that I can see. Now all of a sudden I need to inquire of the Lord because what's going on? Now all of a sudden there's a famine. And so he finally, after all of these years, inquires of the Lord. And he says, the Lord answered. Now, this is God speaking. It is for Saul and for his bloody house. Now, how did Saul's house get involved in this when it was David's kingdom? Because he brought Mephibosheth into his house. He brought a man who was lame into his house. He brought a man that was going nowhere. See, see, these are prophetic pictures. He brought a man who was moving nowhere in life. He brought a man that was in a pastureless place. He brought a man that was in a desert place, and 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 we know that uh, back in those days it was a a place of 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 agriculture. So agriculture was their main uh, main uh, sustenance. It was their main. Uh, folk uh, 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 money. It was the way they brought in income. It was the way they brought in. So and, and so. When if you're looking throughout the scriptures and some of the prophets, he says that, that I will bring a brass heaven over you, and that your 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 earth will be like iron, and, and and the heavens like brass over you. What was God saying? He said you won't be able to grow anything because you've cur- you're cursed. You've left my word. You've left my statues You left my command. So therefore you cannot grow anything. So we see that he was, he was a man that was found in a place called Lodabar, a place of a pastureless ground, a place that was, uh, 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 couldn't grow anything. It was a place of worthlessness. And he brought that man and put him at his table. Now, you know, a king's table was set, set up and it was decorated and it was brought up nice. If, if, if you go right now to your table A decorated table And it has the nice little cloths on it And everything And everybody sits at that table You can't see Everybody looks the same at the table You can't tell that he's paralyzed at the table Because now you're sitting at the table And you all become equal You all become You you can't see the other person's fault Because the the, the, the place of the table Was a place of covenant The place of the table Was a place of, of blessing It was a place of uh, uh, that's why Jesus broke the bread at the table. Jesus broke bread at the table. The first, uh, the Bible is a place of first mention. The first time you see uh, someone brought to the table was Abraham when God and the angels came to 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 destroy Lot. And before they destroyed Lot, they came to Abraham's table. Abraham sat them down and he fed them and he had covenant with them and he had and he got blessed from them and it was a place of communication. It was a place of blessing. It was a place of, uh, of, of of mutual fellowship. That was the place that he brought a man of Baal to his table. So just because someone is friendly... And, and they're sitting at the table, and they look like they're your friend. They look just because they might come from the same bloodline as you, just because they look like they're the same friend, they're the same culture. They have, they, they I grew up together with you. I know, I've known him since I was twelve. Just because these things are have have, have took place in your life does not mean that the curse that is on that person's life or 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 or, or where he comes from will not affect you because just be see, <clears throat> just because he wanted to bless the house of of saul he couldn't do that because once he did that god had already j- rejected that bloodline god had already already rejected saul that's why he told samuel don't mourn for saul why you only mourn for someone who is dead And in God's eyes, Saul was already dead. He was no longer a person of interest in God's eyes. That's why he said, I have found someone who is better than you. Someone who is not going to be worried about these things. He said, I have found someone better than you. And David was better than Saul because he always sought God. But the minute he brought in Mephibosheth, the minute he brought in Maribel at his table, the, if you go look at scripture, every chance, what did Saul do? Saul never obeyed the word of God. When he said, he always, he, he could never wait on God. Samuel told him to go. I wait on me. I bring the sacrifice. What happened? Saul said, you're taking too long. I'm going to do it myself. Samuel got there. What'd you do? Well, you took too long. He could never wait on God. He could never try to get God's uh, approval or, or inquiry. He never sought God. Even in his dying days, he sought a a, a witch. He never sought God. And when he finally went to to seek God, God said, you're dead to me. I'm not going to answer you. (laughs) See, now you want to seek God when it's too late. But when you had ample opportunities to seek God, And to seek his face, you didn't do it. And now that God won't answer you, you'll go to every psychic hotline. You'll go to everybody posing as a prophet, everybody saying they're a prophet when they're witches in disguise, and now you're over here getting, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. Have you sought God? Have you waited for God? Have you been patient with God? Have you fasted and prayed? Have you sought him daily in his word on a consistent basis? Or are you calling one 800 hotline? Give me a word. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to be able to be patient on God. And stop being buddy-buddy with someone bringing people into your life because you don't want to be alone. Stop bringing people into your life because you want to bless somebody in the name of somebody else. If you're not doing it for the blessings of God, if you're not doing it because God is involved in this thing, then you need to be able to, you, you need to give it up. Because if it's not for the glory of God instead of for the glory of Saul, you're bringing that curse into your life. You're bringing that that, that Maribel into your life. And now from the minute that he brought it into the life, you can read. The, you can go back and read all those chapters for yourself and you'll see. Nothing good happened to David until he inquired of the Lord. And until you inquire of the Lord and see why everything is going wrong in your life, and kind of like what the brother said um, earlier, why are all these things happening? Where's God's hand in this? Who do you have in your house? Who do you have beside your side? Are you waiting on the Lord? Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you seeking God's faith and being patient? Do you believe? See, because people that believe God wait on God. Saul never believed in God. He believed in himself, and he believed in everything the people said. Why? Because the people praised him. The people worshiped him. He did it because of the people. When he said, go kill Amalek and all his household, he saved the best. He saved the best. He said, "What are you doing?" I did what you said. He said, "No, well, what's the bleeding of the sheep in mine ears?" He said, "Oh, well, you know the people." <laughs> See, because when you're too worried about what people say and what instead of what God says, you'll never do what's right. You'll always do what's going on, what's what's popular. You'll never do anything else but what's popular. You'll always do. Let, let me let me let me bring someone in so I can show them on Instagram I'm helping a bum or helping a homeless person or I'm feeding I'm, I'm looking at me I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing but God never said do it See, because they want the praises of men instead of the praises of God they want to be lifted up by men instead of waiting on the Lord. <laughs> the Bible is a big picture that always says wait on the Lord fear not. Why does he say these types of things if he doesn't expect you to do it? Because for one, God is going to test your character. He's going to see if you're really going to trust him and wait on him. And he's also going there's also going to be things that you are going to be afraid of. But if you wait on him and not be afraid, believing in God's word, because he said to fear not, Why? He's not going to tell you not to fear if there's not going to be things that's going to come into your path that you're going to be afraid of. There's going to be things that come to make you afraid, but God is telling you, don't be afraid. Believe in me. Trust in me. Wait on me. But when you have people in your life that, 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 that are next to you, not waiting on God, but they're an advocate for the devil. See, people can pretend to play church. But when they're in your vicinity and you become friends with them and you take them everywhere and you begin to, to um, treat them how God is treating you and God is saying that lineage is dead to me, then what's on that person's life will begin to emanate in your life. You may not be totally cut off like that person is, but the effects of the spirit that he carries will begin to affect your life just as it affected David's life this is not an evangelist evangelistic oh he brought you from low it's not the scripture doesn't show that you can i mean you can make what you want out of a lot of scripture but it's not an evangelistic text It is a text to show you be careful who you bring into your house. Be careful who you associate yourself with. Be careful and never forget to inquire of the Lord as David did. If David would have inquired of the Lord. From the day one, he would have never slept with Bathsheba. He would have been at war with his people. He would have fought the battle right beside him. See, because a man who sends you out to war and sends you to pray and fast alone is not a leader that is worthy of leading you. Anytime we have fasted, my leader always started to fast. He always fasted till day one. The guy who fathered me, my apostle who fathered me, was there day one. He never went out and fought this battle and let me go. Oh, well, you go on a fight and I'll just be over here. No. People who are going to lead you must lead by example. And because David never inquired of the Lord, he left his people stranded in the day of battle. Be careful who you bring into your house. Be careful because the people that you want to show honor to whom God has cut off, see, that's why we got to be careful of let's show love to everybody. God is love. Let's remember this. God isn't love. Love is not God. So what are we saying here? If we try to make love as God, then we're trying to make religion, love a religion. Love is not a religion. God is love. But yet, God is the same God who is love, who wiped out His children, who wiped out the whole world and saved Noah and and the rest of His family. God is the same God who is love, who wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. God, who is love, wiped out His own people when they sat down, rose up to play, uh, sat down to eat and rose up to play. Wiped out twenty three thousand. The same God who is love allowed His people or uh, took his people out. That is God's love. Love. Remember that. God is love. Now, don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you... See, when we love our neighbors, we love them, meaning even when they do evil to you and something happens to them, you don't go, ah well, that's what you get. Then you're not loving your neighbor. It... I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to leave that so you can understand what that means, because that's going to be a whole other thing. My topic today is there's some people that you have in your life, and you wonder why things are constantly going wrong, and you wonder why things are happening. You've been praying for situations and situations, but they have not changed. It's because the people who are in your circle. They have brought their spirit of wickedness into your life, and it is affecting your prayer life. It is affecting your prayer life. You can't pray like you used to. It is affecting your way that you read the Bible. You can't read like you used to. It is affecting you. You become sleepy all the time. Now you can't even stay up to hear the word because now all of a sudden you want to go to sleep. I've done that. You can't make the sacrifice to follow God wholeheartedly like you used to. You get to his word every now and then. You pray when you remember. Instead of being your discipline that you used to have is beginning to slip. It's because of the people that you have in your circle. You have to. You you better check your circle. You better check your circle because the people that you have in your circle are causing the effects in your life. See, because if you go and take an investigation into their life, you'll see, man, this person's always got this going on. They're always doing this. They're always this is happening. They're never fruitful. They're never see because you can always tell they're 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 not fruitful people. They live in low debar. They're never moving forward because they're lame in the feet. The feet, obviously, we know the feet represent ministers, people who minister, but also scripturally. Um, blessed are the feet of uh, those who preach the gospel. But feet also represent the person's heart, as in Proverbs, uh, can't remember, I believe it's chapter 4. It, 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 is a, it is a representation of a person's heart. So now we see a person who is lame, who cannot walk. They cannot progress forward. They're, they're living in a pastureless place. They're living in a place, but the place is dry. It's unfruitful. And the person is not a person who is serving God. They, they, they have a front that they're serving God. Why? Because he comes from the lineage of an ex-king. So he has royal blood in him, but he's not progressing forward. They have a good front. They look the part, but they're moving nowhere in life. Matter of fact, even the person, the Zeba, the guy who is taking care of Chef, he's a crook. He tried to take the kingdom from Mephibosheth when David was out on Absalom. And and Ziba's name, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it means statue. It means a person who is standing still, going nowhere in life. <laughs> and they brought those people into your uh, in, into David's life. He sat them at his table. He sat him at a place. See, in the Jewish in the Jewish community, the place of the table was was, was a place of of covenant and fellowship. It's where. Uh, um, Uh, it's where people get to know each other. They feel they, their guards are let down. They feel comfortable. See, when you go out to eat to a person, you have, you get to know that person. When you go out on on a date, what do you do? You take your, before she's your wife, you take her out on the date to be what? To, To go out to eat. Why? Because when you're fellowshipping over food, there's communication, your guards are kind of let down, you're focused on eating, you're focused, you're trying to learn one about, hey, I I, I share this information, she shared this information, and and communication is exchanged, and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you're married, you've come into covenant. So he brought him to a place of covenant, he brought him to a place of blessing, he brought him to a place where his guard was let down. And if you don't put your guard back up and begin to pray and begin to inquire of the Lord, you will always go through trials and tribulations. You will begin to face things that you don't even know where they're coming from. And you're going to be, some of you, like uh, the brother said earlier, where's God and all this? He's there. He's watching you. You haven't inquired. You haven't asked, Lord, why is this happening to me? Not, Lord, Lord, okay, this is going, bless me so I can come out of this because I'm feeling like this. No, why is this happening? You inquire of the Lord. See, that's a part of prayer that has been lost in today's society. We don't longer inquire of God. We no longer inquire, should I do this? Should I go out to battle? Because before that, he always inquired, "Lord, should I go fight the Philistines? Will we overtake them? Yes, go, indeed, you'll overtake them. Should I go out to the, Should I? He inquired. Should I? Even when he brought out uh, the, uh, the 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 ark and and and, and died, and he was mad and angry, but then he went, "Lord, hey, what's going on? What? Well, hey, he inquired." But until you inquire, why is this happening in my life? You will never get an answer. You will continually struggle in the things of this life. And, and, and if you don't inquire, sooner or later, you will begin to blame God and resent God and say, well, if God loved me, <laughs> if God had my, if I was, if I really believed God, you know, you know, you'll even have people come out cursing you like Shimei did David. If you believed God, why is all these things happening to you? If you believed God, then why are you broke? If you uh, believed God, but because you didn't inquire, you don't know now that you've got beside you at your table a cursed person, a person whose spirit that is in your circle is is affecting your life. That's why Jesus, when he was raising the disciples, he had more than 12 disciples. He had over, at least we know 72. But he only surrounded himself with 12. And when in the most intimate times of his life, he had three. He had three. Why? Because you got when you're, especially when you have a purpose on your life, you have to keep your circles close. You have to keep them tight. Because if you don't, a Judas might slip in there. And notice Judas wasn't one of the three that kept, he kept close. A Judas will always slip in, a Mephibosheth will always slip in. Now, we know for Jesus' sake that Judas was there for a reason. We know this. But they will always be in your circle. And if you don't, because Judas was in Jesus' circle, and that's why he was picked, what happened? He was put up on a cross, and he was crucified because he was in his circle. Oh, man, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Check your circles. Check the people that you have closest to you. Because there's some of you that are going through a lot of things, and it's not of God. It's because you haven't inquired. And it's someone that is in your immediate circle that you have brought in for whatever reason it may be. And they're causing havoc in your life. Inquire of God. Let's not let this be a forgotten thing in our society. The Bible is forever true. The Bible is for, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it, this is God breathed. So the, the Bible said, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, these were given for our examples. Why? So when we see things like this happening in our lives, we can look at scripture and go, oh, well, this happened to David. And now I'm going through this. Who is in my circle? Who did I recently bring in? Or who has been in my life already? And that's why I continually uh, go through these situations. It's because of the people that you have in your life. So you have to look at scripture and go, this is our example. So let me see what the word says. Let me see what happened when uh, Joshua went through these things. Let me see what happens when David went through these things. Let me see what happens when Moses went through these things and we learn of them for our example. So we know not what to do. We know how to look for these things because we think because we gave our life to Christ that they no longer exist. We're just we're debt free. We're just we live in this world that that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because we already know that through pressure or the Bible says tribulation for them. Pressure, that's the actual word, because there's always going to be a pressure in your life. Why? Because if pressure never came in our life, we would never, we would get so comfortable and how we walked, we would never move forward. So remember to check your circles. Remember, see who you have brought to your table. Because Mephibosheth, which is really Maribel, because that's how they chronologically put it. And that name that is given is Merib Baal, an advocate for Baal. He brought an advocate, one who advocates for an idol. (laughs) He doesn't represent God. He he sits at your table like he does, but he doesn't serve the same God. He is an advocate for Baal. He is a broken man. He is a paralyzed backslidden man going nowhere in life because he's not serving the God you serve or she. So I say that, and and like I said, I'm pretty much done. I wanted to make it. I didn't want to take it too long because I already know how how I can get for one, because I'll just start going off. but. You, you have to be careful. Even Paul said in Corinthians, don't sit with such people that do certain things because good manners, bad manners corrupt. Bad conversation corrupt good manners. The things that you are putting around yourself will corrupt you. They will begin to take you and, and mold you into something that God hasn't planned for you. And because you took on those characteristics, those things will begin to speak in your life. See, the the thing is, is I don't act Christian. I am. I don't. Tr- I don't try to act righteous. I am righteous. See, if you don't know you're righteous, you don't have. If if you're trying to do something good to 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 please God, you've already missed it. No amount of homeless people you help will make God like you any better or any worse. It is your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that makes you in right standings with him so you are no longer on the death sentence. You are now on the life sentence. So it is only because of that blood that you are made now in right standings. And so therefore you have open communication with God and you can, you can be in right standings. You're made righteous now. You are made to be in right standing. So everything that, that you were going to die for, you're not going to die for no longer, but it's only by faith. It's only by faith and you have to keep that faith. And keep that right standing with God, knowing that you've checked your circles, you've checked your communications, you've checked the people that you are communicating with. Because they, they can't corrupt you if they're not around you. They cannot corrupt you if they're not around you. They cannot corrupt you if they're not communicating to you. And they, you, you know... um, you know a person can can can't argue with himself if he is crazy and then they need to go take him to an asylum but once you begin to interact with the foolishness not a not a person that is sincerely and i and I hate the fact that but I know not a person who is sincerely uh asking questions or whatever and you communicate with, but people who are foolishly communicating. Once you begin to communicate back with them and argue scriptures, and it's just blatantly stupid, just stupid stuff that you're talking with, yeah, foolishness, (laughs) it will, like this lady said, it will suppress your light. It will begin, see, don't waste your anointing. Whatever your anointing is, don't waste it on foolish people. Don't be misled by this. Fake, false, fickle gospel that they have out now, where you just gotta be so kind and polite to everybody, and you know, even if they're slapping you in the face, turn the other cheek, which that doesn't mean that. I I say that because I'm telling you, Jesus was a man of, of rough character. He was a rough man. If you go look up Nazareth, where he was raised out of, it was considered the roughest place in Jerusalem. The roughest place. that's why the people said nothing good can come from there because they're nothing but hoodlums they're nothing but rough people. It was the ghetto. But Jesus came from that place. Jesus came for why? Because he knew the people he had to talk to he needed a rough person. was Jesus did Jesus love? He did. He loved. And he also told the Pharisees and Sadducees where they could go, too. But he was a man of love. He was a man of love. He was he was God manifesting the flesh. He was a God of love. But he was also the same person that told the king, you tell that fox, I do miracles today, tomorrow, and the third day I rise again. You tell that fox that I, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because I'm sent from God. He never even allowed the king to bother him. He never allowed the king to come into his vicinity. Anytime people wanted to come to him to to try to cut off what he had, he said, you know what? I'm not going up to the festival. I'm not going up to the feast. Y'all go by yourself. When everybody left, he said, now I'm going. He said, because you're not going to be in my vicinity and ruin what I have with my life. I'll go, but I'm not telling you. Y'all go ahead and go. Because I'm not gonna have what's on my life be ruined and tarnished by y'all. I'm not gonna allow it. When Jesus went to heal the uh, to raise the child from the dead, and the people mocked and laughed at him, he kicked him out of the room and only brought the main three people and the and the parents. And he said, Talitha Kuma, rise, get up. He said, because why? Because the people will tarnish your miracle. <laughs> People will tarnish what's on your life, so you have to be cognitive of who is in your circle. You have to be cognitive of who is around you. Who are you communicating? Who are you breaking bread with? You can't just break bread with everybody. That's for intimate people. That's for the people closest to you. That's for the people who have... Proven their love to you, not you, you just, well, where's Saul's son? Where's Saul's son? Oh, he's in Lodabar, go get him. I know nothing about him. I don't know what he's been doing these past, uh, what, uh, I don't know how many years. He's living in a pastureless place. You know what? You're going to eat with me. You're going to be in a king's to why? Oh, because I want to honor Saul. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. You don't honor people. You don't honor dishonor. Never honor dishonor because that tarnishes the walk on your life. When someone is dishonorable in life, you cut them off and you show them it is not tolerated in the kingdom of God. I love you, but you got to go. See, people, people think that you have to love someone and put up with the foolishness that is in their life. It is not so. It is not so, it's not biblical, it is, it's not, it's not fit to happen. Do not think that is what it, it, it is meant to be a Christian. It is not. We have made, Christians are men and women of war. We fight the good fight of faith. You can't fight if you're a sissy. You can't fight if you're afraid of everything you come into contact with. You cannot fight if you're afraid to make the first punch. The last time I checked, this was a sword. A sword cuts, a sword stabs, a sword, it defends as well. A sword is an offensive weapon. It is meant to, I'm going to cut you. (laughs) <laughs> That's why when you yeah. when you speak the real word of God, people get offended and they leave the podcast, they leave the program, they get up and they walk out of church because they're offended by the doctrine that they know and grew up with. They're offended because they don't want to let go of their friendships that they've had since. I've known him since kindergarten. That's my cousin. That's my mama. That's my daddy. The Bible says if you're not willing to hate mom, dad, brother, and sister more than me, you're not worthy of me. Man. Mm. See, everybody believes know. the Bible until they have to cut off their own father. Everybody yeah. believes the Bible until they have to cut off their own mother. Everybody loves the Bible until they have to cut off their own sister and brother.
0: Amen.
1: See, don't tell me you love God and you're willing to follow God. And then he says, do A, B, and C. And you go like, Hey, I'll do A and B. But see, that's, that's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mother. That's my father. They birthed me. But when everything they do is contrary to the word of God, everything they do dishonors God. Everything they do downplays God and his kingdom. And God is saying they are not, they are an advocate of Baal. Don't have them in my house. Don't have them next to you because they don't honor me and they won't honor you. Because if they don't honor me, how are they going to honor you? The Bible says, uh, what does it say? It says, you know, love your brother whom you see, you know, so if he doesn't love you, how is he going to love me? If you can't, these things will be be shown. These things, see, love is an action. Love is not, I love you. I love you. Love you too. It's not a word. It's an action. It's movement. It, it is actually going from A to B. I love you. When, when a husband says, I love my wife, and then the pretty woman comes around from the corner and goes, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You don't love your wife because you're proving it that you don't. When, 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 the, when you say, I love my husband, but then someone DMs you and you go, Oh no. Hey, what are you doing? No, I have a man. I have a husband, blah, blah, blah. You've already entertained it. You should go block, ban, delete. Shouldn't even be opened. Block, ban, delete. Why? Because you've already entertained it. So now it's in the back of your head. You don't know it yet, but it's in the back of your head because you've entertained that. You know what? Let me show you something. I'm going to show you something. Okay. Uh, I'm coming. This is going to be John 13. Uh, It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come and that he should depart out of this world unto the father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. He never blocked, banned, and deleted. He never cut it off. He never cut that thought out. He never said, shut up, you devil. You're a liar. You're a thief. This is my Lord. This is my Savior. I'm willing to cut off mother, father. I'm willing to say I have one master. It's not money, but it's God. He never did any of that. How do we know? Because if you go down to the, the same chapter, and it says, I'm I'm just going to read from 26. And it says, uh, he it is to whom I shall stop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the stop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the stop, Satan entered into him. So first he implanted a thought into Judas's head, and then because Judas never cut it off, he never blocked, banned, and deleted the DM that Satan put in his heart. He just kept it right there in the back of his head, and he said, no, I love Jesus. I'm Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all Jesus. Here goes some money. Oh, shoot, how much? Got you. Satan entered him. See, he never entered him. He planted a thought first then he entered him because he never cut it off. He never blocked that DM. He never banned it. He never deleted it. He kept it there. Why? See, because if you don't, you can block it. You can ban it. But if you don't delete it, you can open up your DMs. You go, oh, wow, I forgot about that DM. I wonder what he was saying. (laughs) You always leave it in the background unless you cut it off. Unless you block it, reject it, revoke it, and replace it with the with with this, it's an act of fight. Hey, when you go out to war, there's always going to be times of actual hand to hand combat where you're going to have to be up at midnight fighting till three in the morning before you even go to bed and have to wake up at five to go to work. There's go- and if you can't do that, then you're you're not worthy. There's going to be nights you have to fight. Because even when you're done fighting, but the war is still going on, we know that they sit at the camp. You see it. People, they're resting. They're taking showers. They're cleaning their guns. They're working out. They're doing whatever. But when time to go to battle, they shoot up and they go out and they fight until they conquer the place. And they set up territory. And as you see, when you relinquish a kingdom back to its own people, they what they do They wipe out an airport full of people and they bomb people and they kill an underground church. Why? Because you relinquish the territory that you had conquered and placed your people there. (sighs) You have to keep that place conquered. You have to, the minute they fire a missile at you, see missiles, guns, knives, they're all interpretations well, I can't see. they're all interpretations of, of words being spoken, stones being thrown. So anytime you, for instance, I'm going to give you this for free, you have dreams of people coming to shoot you or kill you or stab you, and you see the person and you go, "Hey, that's my, uh, that's my neighbor or whatever. It's a dream showing you that that person is talking behind your back and they're cursing you with words. And that's when you wake up and you begin to pray and cut that dream off. God is speaking to you, showing you those type of things. So, 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 weapons. This is a weapon. It's a sword. But how do you activate the sword? Not with your hand, but like this. This sword comes from your mouth. This word, you speak the word over your life. You speak the word over the situation. The, the word says, uh, uh, sell out your Lord and Savior. for for 30 pieces of silver, you go, no, for God, man cannot serve two masters for he will love the one and hate the other. I only have one master in my life. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not serve mammon. Mammon is a tool for me for the love of money. Is the root of all evil. See, we toss those things out by the word, and then, therefore, it's no longer in your DM. You block, banned, and deleted it, so it won't come up later to where Satan can now enter in your heart, and you begin to do actions that you never thought you would ever do. How did that happen in my life? How did that take place? Because you allowed it in your heart. You allowed it in your mind. You allowed it. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm going somewhere <laughs> we we have to be offensive. we have to be in a place of 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 fighting. we can't we just can't be idle. we cannot ever be idle. We always con the Bible says pray without ceasing. That means you never stop. You never stop. You always continue to move. You continue to inquire. You continue to pray. You continue to do, you continue. Once you be, see, if you go look at the word backslidden, it doesn't mean someone who literally fell off and just now is back on drugs and now is back doing this, even though that's a part of it. The, the, the actual interpretation of backslidden, it means someone who has stopped progressing forward. You're still at the same place you were three years ago. You're like, I'm Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, but you were Jesus, Jesus, Jesus three years ago. How come you're not Jesus, Jesus, Jesus now? And I'm doing these funny motions just to show you it should be a progression. You were like this, but next year you should be like this. And then the year after you should be like this. Why? Because the spirit is forever, ever increasing. The the word says we go from glory to glory we the the glory that we are in we continue to grow it the, the the greek means it never stops it's a continuation it's a glory it's an ever increasing glory that's how it should be written or read It that's how it should be read and that's how it should be written <laughs> i don't know why i tried to make a word there it should be written anyways um i'm goofy i know so it's an ever-increasing glory. That means, um, uh, 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 I'm trying to uh, get a good example in the Bible that I could uh, bring you to. The people, the people in, 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 in the Jewish culture, uh, Hebrews talks about it. The, the, they were still trying to go back to the blood of bulls and goats. And the blood of bulls and goats was no more sufficient. It was now the blood of Jesus Christ so therefore what is that saying? it is saying that they' are trying to be where God was and not where God is. God is no longer doing that thing. God is no longer he, he's moved on to an increasing glory he's moved on to another area so you want to you want to be back to where. Uh, um, where God first met you, And and I understand what people are trying to say, but, you know, take me back to where I first began. No, you want to continue to grow. You don't want to go. I know I definitely don't want to go back to where I was when I met Jesus Christ, because trust me, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in that place. That place God met me and now has continued to take me and grow me. And now I'm way further off than where I ever thought I would be. I never thought I would travel the country. I never thought I would be overseas preaching the gospel. I never thought I would be in, in different countries. I never thought about it. Never ever once thought about it. But that's where God has taken me. And I don't try I don't say these things to boast. I don't even like being on live. Facebook. I barely like teaching the word and putting it later on on my YouTube channel because I just don't, I don't want to be seen. I want God to get the glory. Um, I I tell you this because that's just me. That's my true heart. I'm nervous every time I minister. And the day I don't get nervous, I'm going to be worried. Because I know it's not my power that speaks to people. I know it's not me. I'm the vessel he uses. Yes, praise God for it. It's the grace he put in my life, and I thank him for it. But if God doesn't get the glory out of it, it's worthless. Dumb. Paul said it's crap. That, that's the word he used. And and if you really go and do the word that he actually used in the Greek, eh, most people would be like, I thought you were Christian. <laughs> because he said a word. Trust me, Paul. Do you know Paul called the Galatians stupid? Go look that word up. Oh, foolish Galatians. Go look it up. He was not nicer than people. He spoke to those people harsh. Why? Because they were bewitched by somebody that came in preaching another gospel. They would be, be, be after Paul. Then spent all that time. They allowed someone in their table. Someone in their circle, and they began to speak other things that were not the gospel. And he said, Let those people be accursed. You mean Paul didn't say, Lord, bless them, let them come to know you, let them he said, Let them be accursed. Anathema, Maranatha, let them be accursed. He never said anything nice to those people. He, these people he fathered and he said, guess what he said? Guess what he said, y'all? These were Christians. Guess what he said? He said, now I have to pray that Christ be formed in you again. You mean what again? So now we have to go through that process again. get, these were Paul's children, <laughs> but because they let somebody crept in unawares, just, Everybody, welcome to my table. Because I'm a Christian, I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna bless everybody. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because those type of things will happen to you. The Bible is specific. It's it, it, it's very clear from old to New Testament. Central biblicist, not New Testament Christian. Central biblicist. Because if you can't pull from the Old Testament text, what do you think Paul preached from before there was Corinthians? Before there was Galatians, that, that, that text that he revealed, be, he preached from this Old Testament, which we call the Old Testament, the script, old scriptures. That's where he preached from, but he was able to draw Jesus out. When, when Philip went to the Ethiopian and he was reading Isaiah, what did he do? He preached Jesus to him. So central biblical is what we have to be, not New Testament Christian, because then you're not... The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. We have to know that. And we have to be, and you see throughout Scripture, people who brought other people who were not of God into their life, even though they may look like it, smelled like a Christian, had the best three-piece suit on, or the best air apostle, doce and gabbana, whatever, they weren't Christians. You 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 know, if you go to an outhouse, no matter how much Febreze you spray in there, it still smells like crap. Still smells like crap. No matter how much Febreze, how many little, those little, what are those little trees, the little air freshener trees, no matter how much you put in there, it still stinks. So no matter what those people try to look like they are, eventually the crap will smell. So until you begin to check your circles and who is in your circle, you will begin. You will you will always fall into the things of your past. You will always fall into things, new things you didn't even know where it came from. Where is this coming from? I, I was I was winning every battle. I may have had to have wait to win the battle, but I waited on the Lord. I inquired of the Lord. I did all these things, and I won my battles. But now. I let this person in my life, I'm no longer inquiring, I'm just going and doing. I just wanna I just wanna now go out and do these things. And now that I went out, I don't even feel like doing it now, I'm gonna let other people do it for me. <laughs> so I said all of that to say, check, check, check who you with, check who's in your circles, inquire of the Lord, say Lord, why is this happening? Why, Lord, why are my finances uh, 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 drying up? Why am I not being able to prosper in the things that I had no problem prospering in? Why are these things happening? And believe you me, God will answer you. God will speak to you. He will show you a dream. He He will have somebody contact you some way or another. God will just, he'll speak directly to your heart. But, I mean, I'm just giving you different avenues of how God speaks because, yes, he speaks directly to you. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes we can be so stubborn or so focused in our own mind that some, he'll have to do it another way. So sometimes we can't get our own minds because we have our own thoughts on how it can happen. I've been there. Lord, you said you would provide. So um, this person has a lot of money. Uh, can you have him give it to me? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you can have him give it to me. See we've already put a preconceived notion in our mind on how God is going to do it instead of saying lord i believe you're going to do it i have inquired that i left it up to you now i'm just going to i'm just going to read and i'm going to pray and i'm just going to continue to thank you for it and that's what we need to do but if you Don't. That DM will be in the back of your mind and you will, if you don't get rid of it, eventually it'll cause you to do something that you will never have done before in your life. And now all of a sudden, guess what? You're betraying Jesus. And then when you find out it's too late, what what happened? Judas said, he went and hung himself because he realized too late. He didn't check his, he he didn't delete his DM. He didn't block, bend, and delete. And if you don't block, bend, and delete and replace it with a new conversation, cut those things off. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. (laughs) You have to bring those thoughts into captivity. You have to bring, God is not going to do it. So when it comes down to things messing up in your life, don't blame God. America can't blame God for what's going on in America. And I'm only speaking for America right now. Um, You might be from another country, but everybody I'm pretty sure knows what's going on in America because Christians didn't pray. Because Christians, and I'm especially the leaders of churches all around, especially church leaders, We didn't pray. We didn't inquire of the Lord. And then now we have what's going on in America. Now we have Christianity being pushed to the background, or at least they're trying to, but it will not in the name of Jesus. But if we do not, if we do not pray, if we do not inquire of God, then these things are allowed to happen. They're allowed to happen. And 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 the and 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 the selfish, insecure, uh, unstable people will always go. Why is God allowing this to happen? Religious folk. Why is God allowing? And don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing anybody because those thoughts can enter your mind. They can try to come across, but that's the enemy placing those thoughts in your head. That's the enemy placing those thoughts in your mind, and that's why you have to cut them out. Because if you don't, you'll never get the answer, like brother did, and say, Ah. Oh. I got these people, trust me. Trust me. I got them. But but it's only gonna happen because God, you know, you know, if you go back and look at scripture, God never intervened in man's thing until man acquired of him. God never intervenes. God never intervenes in your problems until you draw him into your situation. Never. Never. You know, God was about to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, but because Abraham intervened. Uh, Lot was saved because he was going to be wiped out. He was going to be wiped out. But Abraham intervened and Lot was saved. Um you know uh, but God doesn't intervene in man until he is invited in because he gave man dominion over the earth. He gave man dominion. He gave man to rule this place. But if man wants to try to kick him out, we will pay the price. And that's why other countries, even though they're Christians in other countries and they're being persecuted, they're being persecuted because the foundation of that country is not laid in Jesus Christ, it's laid in Islam, it's laid in Buddha, it's laid in in Krishna, it's laid in an idolatrous system, and that's why the people of those countries are persecuted. And if in America if we allow Christianity to be pushed to the back burner we will as well be killed and persecuted because of that but because the founding fathers uh, laid it in in in, in uh, on the foundation of God and and the freedom the inalienable rights that God-given rights we have the constitution which if you go look in history is the second spiritual most thing ever written next to the Bible. It is the inalienable right that a man has a right to freedom. He has the right to life. He has the right to defend himself. He has the right to bear arms. He has, it's a God-given right. And because that foundation, because the people wanted to seek God, don't listen to a lot of these people that want to make a, 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 a notion of America that isn't America. Have we had it of, of, of things of slavery and all that? Yes, we did. But if people want to know the truth behind it, they'll do the real research and find out exactly how that came to pass. And I'm going to throw this one in for free. The first slave owner was a black man, by the way, FYI, in America. That's facts. You can look it up if they don't try to block it. It's a fact. The first, the first slave owners in the world that are documented are black people. Egypt, baby. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic and subject. But I just wanted to show you those facts that that idolatrous. Who was Egypt, uh, Israel, in bondage to? Idolatry. Egypt had how many I They had idols left and right. Every every idol that was destroyed was a plague. The water they worshipped the, the water. That's why he turned it into blood. They worshipped frogs. That's why frogs uh, plagued the land. Eye lights, uh, darkness, the sun. They worshipped the sun and the moon. They worshipped the, the firstborn. That's why the firstborn died. They these were all idols to the Egyptians. And God, see, because the first thing God said is, "Let my people go." or I'm going to kill your firstborn. That was the first thing, but what did he do? That was the last thing he did. Why? Because he was still extending mercy to the people, but at the same time, he already knew Pharaoh's heart, so he was allowing Pharaoh to, to he was uh, showing his power through Pharaoh because he already knew Pharaoh wasn't going to be that person to let him go unless he showed his power, unless he showed his might, because they were idolatrous people. Idol-worshipping people believe in control. Christianity is about freedom. And if you have a, a person that says they're a man of God, but they control you and manipulate you, they're an idol. It's an idol worshiper. He's not a worshiper of the true Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior Jesus Christ that I know, because he brings freedom to you. He doesn't try to control you and manipulate you and make you do things through your emotions he will preach the unadulterated word and the word will convict you and then you will be obedient to the scriptures <clears throat> and yes there are times where a man of god or a woman of god they'll tell you what to do either one from the word or they'll tell you something that they need done because they need to be focused on the word and you as a servant should be obedient willingly not manipulated not control, but willingly submit to the man or woman of God, man of God, that is over your life. And then the blessing of that is on that man will fall on your life because you took time out of your life to, to do something that was going to bless the man who has to seek God for your life. I'm saying that because someone needs to hear it. I'm not trying to preach on that. But nonetheless, be careful of who's in your circles i i i I, you, you have to be careful so with that being said i'm done here um but i pray that it's blessed you and i pray i pray that uh your eyes have been opened uh to a new uh revelation because people mephibosheth is not your friend he is not a person he is not evangelistic scripture there's no evangelism going on there there's only a curse that's happening and, be, and the minute David entered into that relationship, bringing him to his table, all of that destruction happened. You can go back and read it for yourself, and you can see going, oh, man, the minute he brought him to his table, all of these things happened. And then at the end, God, after Shemai already told him it was because of the bloody house of Saul, he God even spoke to David and said it's because of Saul's house. Well, what does Saul have to do with it? He brought him to his table through Mephibosheth, his son. Amen. Amen. So I'm done. Amen.
0: You um, mind uh, closing us in prayer,
1: man? Me? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Forgive me. I just had a blonde moment. And if there's any blondes on here, it's just a joke. There's no. We know all blondes aren't stupid. My wife's a blonde. She's very smart, okay? (laughs) She's she's smarter than me. Uh, All right, Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for you are worthy and honorable and worthy to be praised. I thank you for this day, for the day that you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you for you are the only living potentate. Father, I thank you for you are honorable. I thank you for you are faithful. You are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. Father, you are the El Elyon. You are the El Malek. You are the El Roy. You are the El Shabbat. You are the El Shalom. You are the Jehovah Jireh. You are the Jehovah Sid Canoe. Father, you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are my fire by night, my cloud by day. Father, you are the great i am you are the jehovah jireh you are the jehovah shalom you are my peace you are my provider you are everything in my life father father you, you know unto uh he who hears prayer unto thee shall all flesh come father you are a hearer of prayer you under your wing i abide in your shadow i abide because there's safety there Father, and I thank you, Father, for you are worthy of all praise and honor, and I magnify you to this day. I magnify you this hour. I glorify you, for your name is sweet on my my lips. It is honey on my tongue, Father. I thank you. The name of Jesus, Father, it is a sweet name. It is a holy name. It is a righteous name. And I thank you, and I magnify you, and I I just give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. And Father, I pray, Lord, that this word that it was spoken, Father, that it entered, that it has entered, and that it will be marinated in their hearts. It will be marinated in their minds, and that they will regurgitate the word like a cow regurgitates its food, and that they will chew on it, and that they will begin to have. See uh, the word differently, Father. That they will see the word in the light of the shining of the gospel. That you only you can shine. Only the revelatory stance that you can bring, Father. I pray, Lord, that it it, it has. Open their eyes to a new level that they inquire of you, Father, and find out the things that the reason why the things that are happening are happening. The people who they have brought to their table, Father, that 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 they be able to uh, block bands and delete them, Father. That the thoughts that come into their head, Lord, that they no longer uh, um, sit that and, and marinate on those thoughts. But, Father, they cut them off, Father. Lord, I pray that you... Um, Open up that uh, communication line, Lord, that, that you they, they open up that communication line between you and themselves and that they can continually seek you, Father, that they have the strength to be able to fight the battle that is ahead of them through faith. I pray, Lord, that you bless them and that you touch their lives, Father, and that you open up and you reveal to them, Father, for the, those who, who just, you know, they still have that, like, doubt. They still have that, like, I, you know, they. Uh, I've been there, Father, where it's like, I know it's them, but I don't want it to be them. I know it's that person that I got to get rid of. but. You know, there's so many emotional attachments, Father. I sever those ties in the name of Jesus in the spirit. I sever those ties that they be cut off in the name of Jesus, that they may mount up with wings as eagles, that they may be renewed in strength, that they may be renewed in the word, that they may have a freshness come upon their life as they do that and be obedient to your word, that they will have a freshness into their life, that the oil will be poured on their head for freshness that the marks and the the scars will be uh, uh, treated, Father, Lord, that they will have your peace around them, that you'll have your peace that will be in their hearts, that will conquer everything that is in their life, Lord, that no matter, even though they're going through the thickest plot, the thickest scheme, your peace will make it look like, why is this happening? I should be going crazy by now. I should be frantic, but because the peace of God is in their heart, that the peace of God is laid up in their hearts, they will have no worries, and it will even baffle their minds, Father. And I thank you, Father, and I pray as they go out that their head will lack no oil and that their garments will ever be white, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you,
0: Jesus. Amen. And Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Hallelujah. God. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the word, Father, that you have given. Prophet uh, of James, oh God, I just ask God right now, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to receive it with fullness of heart, Lord. Father, continue to increase our clarity, Father, continue to increase our power in the Holy Ghost, continue, Lord God, to increase, Lord God, glory glory glory, faith of faith, Lord. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, for our holy resolve, God. Father, I pray that we would continue to grow, Lord, in your holy spirit, Lord, that we would grow in character, we would grow, Lord, after the manner of our calling, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would God, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to move on the hearts of your people, Lord, that we would not close off any blessings that you want to transmit to our lives. Father God, that you would not, that we would not, Lord, allow any blockage, Father, to prevent us from fully receiving, Lord, all that you have for our lives, Lord. For everybody in this group, Lord, everybody in this chat, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord, that Lord that we would we would walk after the manner of holiness, Lord. separateness, Lord, uniqueness, distinct from sinners, Lord, peculiar people or do you you've died to to purchase unto yourself a peculiar people lord that are your prized possession lord help us lord help us lord in jesus mighty name jesus mighty name hallelujah. thank you uh for bringing that word, man.
1: Amen. It was an honor. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Jesus. Everyone, I hope that you were blessed and that God had spoken to you and oh, brought God. clarity and, and direction and correction and to your lives. To um, so continue, continue to death, remain steadfast, mm-hmm. and to hope, like Samuel, not to allow any one words to fall to the ground, but to to hold fast to it, and and to believe God's word above, above man's word, above what society tells us, above what the world tells us, but above what we tell ourselves what the flesh wants to communicate to us or what the devil wants to try to get us to believe that we would believe the Lord's report and that we would believe the Lord's word above all and that we would grow in our trust and our trust of what the Lord Jesus has told us. And um, like uh, James was talking about that, if Jesus says that we must love him above all above our fathers, above our, even above our children, above our very lives and it's it's a cross that we bear that's the central faith is a cross and the flesh wants an easier way but there's an old hymn i believe it says this is the way that the master went shall not the servant tread it still that's the way that the lord the master himself had gone and we are not above the lord um and so, but I pray that our hope, though, would be that we can obtain resurrection power. The cross is excruciating, but there is resurrection power available to us. And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, but with that said, um, may you guys have a wonderful day, and for those of you in Europe, uh, have a good night. And uh, the rest of you, all of us, uh, may the Lord uh, multiply peace to you and be gracious unto you and his face shine upon you. Um, But God bless you all. And uh, until next time, um, amen.